Welcome to the future of XYZ. I'm your host, Lisa Grelnick, principal and founder of LVG & Co., an independent strategy consultancy based in New York City. Through quick and candid conversations with innovative leaders, we aim to foster new thinking and explore big questions about where we are as a world and where we're going. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Future of XYZ. I am thrilled to welcome Joy Shen to the program. Joyce, thank you for joining us on Future of XYZ. Thanks for having me, Lisa. I'm a big fan of your, uh, your program. Thank you for saying so. Um, we're going to talk about something that I am going to guess that most listeners and viewers know very little about. Uh, when you and I were prepping and discussed the topic, I mean, you as an institutional investor with incredible uh, corporate experience as well, running multi-billion dollar PNLs at major companies from IBM Cloud Computing, um, all the way you know, to ver various other companies where you've been, including Thomson Reuters, I wanted to just like, I, I thought we were going to be talking about cybersecurity or investing or something like this. And you're like, let's talk about the future of deep tech. Um, <laughs> so I want to just load the question up front. What is deep tech? Yeah, that's a great question, Lisa. I mean, I think different people describe it differently, but in general, in my view, in layman's terms, deep tech is essentially technology that have very complex engineering, science, mathematical components, where it takes a lot of time to figure out how do you actually evolve that technology into something that's useful for everyday people versus um, the, the other kinds of you know, software and um, technology that we use every day, that's well known, that's the applications is um, prevalent and engineers can just you know, pick up different APIs and, and write a program. That's not deep tech, that's high tech. Um, but deep tech is really um, hard things, hard scientific engineering things where uh, it takes a lot of time and a lot of capital usually to um, evolve that into something that's useful. Is, is a reasonable comparison when you mention a lot of time and a lot of capital, I think about like pharmaceutical development, like the R&D of, of that. Um, you know, that the, the lead times are long, the evidence has to be there. Tech is always going to be a little bit different, but is that even like remotely a fair analogy? And, and as an investor, I mean, I'm curious how you would- Yeah, absolutely. There are investors who dedicate their lives to uh, drug discovery. And, you know, now, especially things you hear like synthetic biology and, you know, really understanding how do you take existing biological processes and using engineering methods and AI and other things to better and faster develop drugs. That's actually one area of deep tech. Um, so exactly right. Interesting. Um, so, I mean, I think some of the questions, because I, I certainly, you know, don't know. And when we discuss doing this topic, I mean, so you've explained what deep tech is. I mean, where are some examples, perhaps, that deep tech is already in our daily usage or our, you know, in our lives that that most of us don't know about? Yeah, that. Um, so let's just go down some of the examples. Um, so you actually hit on one that's really big. And so if we think about how COVID vaccine came about in such a short period of time and the technology that was that was used by the global um, manufacturers and so forth, that's deep tech. That took years to really understand how do you take something that we'll use for targeted cancer treatment, for example, and turn that into um, a vaccine that can rapidly developed, that can um, 
you know, accommodate or meet different needs based on the, the strengths. So one big area is biology and drug discovery. Another area that's impacting our lives is, um, or future of our lives is autonomous vehicles. And so you already seen that um, there are autonomous trucks, um, there are autonomous cars. I just saw a video where they're doing, you know, there are companies actually manufacturing autonomous cars now that's deep tech, that's really taking deep learning, understanding different kinds of data, understand the environment and allow a machine to be able to think like a human and understand the situations and drive that car without making mistakes like hitting something or hitting a person. Um, obviously there is a long way to go, but that's another example. Um, I think there is a lot of applications in the enterprise side for enterprises that don't directly have impact to us every day, but it does have indirect uh, impacts. When we talk about enterprise, I always feel like obliged to make sure that we don't get too wonky. And it's a common term, especially in the tech sector, which is like right. enterprise software. And this is where you've spent a lot of your career. We're talking about big corporations, right? Big scale applications. Right. Yeah multi-billion dollar companies or even, you know, hundreds of millions of uh, in revenue, companies with hundreds of millions in revenue that need a lot of technology mm -hmm. to enable them to do things, to run things, but to do it competitively and to also build innovation uh, out of this technology. So on the enterprise size, if you think about, um, I mean, a topic that's uh, top of mind for everybody today is energy security, just given what's happening in the world. And the world can't shift to uh, renewable energy, alternative energy sources fast enough, but there are work in progress. And so a lot of capital investments have gone into renewable energy, whether it's looking at um, hydrogen, whether it's looking at um, electrification of cars and you know the, the infrastructure that support electrification, those are, generally categorized as deep tech in the sense that they still need a lot of time to develop and mature and scale to the point where you and I and everybody else can just get off the highway and plug in an EV and charge for five minutes and we can go. It's not possible today. Right. And so, so there's actually a really interesting, I mean, there's, there, there are multiple, you're talking about like the consumer application, you're talking about the enterprise application. And then what you're talking about there is kind of like infrastructural applications that right. have an impact on society more broadly. Yes. So, so to answer your question, there are lots of areas of deep tech where today it's not tangible to consumers, but it will come because of the applications that we've all uh, over time built out. Um, and supply chain is another great example as well, where how do you um, make the food supply chain more sustainable, um, more green, mm -hmm. and um, only apply fertilizer, pesticides to those only those areas that are needed. Yeah. That takes a lot of um, technology to really understand the crops. This is like the ag tech side of things. Exactly. And yeah. so a lot of ag tech um, is deep tech in many ways. It's, and it's robotics too. So. Well, I want to, I want to, I mean, you're, this is so fascinating. And so I want to kind of drill in a little bit further so that we can really look at like the future of deep tech, right? And, and yeah. as an investor where you're investing and, and kind of how you judge success or timelines and all these things. But I think for now, I'm, I'm curious, you know, you've you mentioned all these different applications. 
there are a lot of buzzwords out there right now around tech, which is like blockchain, AI, ML, machine learning. Like there's, there's a lot, much less like, you know, augmented and virtual reality and all these kinds of things. I think the average person, you know, these are buzzwords that are coming at us more and more, but we don't really necessarily A, understand what they are, B, how they apply to us. Are we even talking, I mean, you talked about machine learning a little bit, but like deep tech is going beyond even these buzzwords, right? It's kind of figuring out ways of blending them. And as you said, highly mathematical, um, which is your background. Of course, you did statistics and economics at University of Chicago, have an MBA from there and written lots of books on computational <laughs> behavior and these kinds of things. So, I mean, how, how would we get down to layman's terms about like, what are those new buzzwords in their relation to deep tech? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. One way I think about it is if you think about all the different technologies out there, whether they are blockchain, as you said, or machine learning or quantum computing, which we haven't even talked about, um, all the technologies serve very, in my view, very specific purposes. And so you have technology that help store data, do computation. You have technology that be able to understand all sorts of data and then perform certain set of tasks and do it in specific ways. Mm -hmm. So when we think about deep technology for people who are not in technology, we can actually break down all kinds of buzzwords into this area. So as example, so blockchain is a store of a different way of storing data and storing information. Um, that you could argue better or different from the existing data stores. Quantum computing is a completely different way of doing computation. Machine learning is a different way of, there are many different subset areas of machine learning, it's different way of doing computation based on information or data given yep. or available. Yep. And so like what people are saying, you know, every industry, I think it follow the same kind of, uh, in my word, like stack. And so you have the stack being, and what are the key components? The tech that, stack we're talking about. Exactly. The technology stack, the components that will make a technology valuable that can be applied for different kind of, to different kind of problems that you and I and everybody else care about. And so at the end of the day, it's, you know, is it a, is the core component or the, or the core mission of that component store information? Is it about protecting information? Is it about computing? Or is it about taking all those information and perform certain of, of tasks based on certain rules or based on some kind of learning? It's, so I think that's a way of thinking about deep tech. It's incredible. And I, you know, I had um, a 30 episodes or so ago, um, Dr. Eric Daimler on talking about the future of data integration. We talked a lot about um, actually uh, quantum quantum computing as a way of solving kind of these complex problems. So um, I, I'm, it's the only reason I actually am even vaguely familiar with the term. Um, and I think most people are not. I mean, there's a lot of innovation happening in the space and you're very proximate to it as the principal at 10-4 Holdings. Um, where is a lot of this coming from? And, I, and when I say where, I mean, obviously from a geographic perspective, but also like what sectors, what types of companies, what types of people, like where is this bubbling up? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, in the US, uh, especially it's 
U.S. is known for innovation, entrepreneurship, and actually very strong in terms of um, core scientific and research um, at the university level. And so a lot of these deep tech actually come out of um, research from universities and some of which um, the university decide to uh, spin out as companies. Other times, you know, the professors who invented those things and say, well, I would like to build a company around it. Um, and that's another way. Um, but by and large in the US, you have a lot of uh, advanced research at the university level all over the US. And I think given the innovation and entrepreneurship um, interests and, and just that growing mentality of let's build for the future, let's innovate, more and more universities are thinking about how do we take advanced research and find capital <laughs> to evolve that into um, something that's useful, that has an application. I mean, I think one of the examples, um, I know this is a pretty old example, but if you think, I think if you think about the solar panels, and I think some of the technology on the solar panels actually came from advanced research in some US universities. I mean, this was like 10 or 20 years ago where people are studying, how do you build hardware and apparatus that can capture solar energy, store that, and then turn that into um, you know, different sources of energy. Yeah. And you know, it takes years for people to figure out how to build, you know, how, do, how do you make the panel smaller, more efficient, more cost-effective? And they have companies say, well, I can build this with a better design. You have companies now doing solar services for households. Yeah. You have Industries pop up around, around this. Exactly. So deep ties, really, you have this advanced research about this could be useful for a particular application, and then you build around it. And I think with respect to like cyber, quantum computing, machine learning, they all kind of follow the same pattern is there are some hypotheses about this could be useful for these basic functionality as we talked about. Is it storing, storing data? Is it storing something? Is it transporting? Is it communicating? Is it computation? And then over time with capital, with innovation, with great ideas from people, you build ecosystem around it. And that's how you get deep tech into the hands of everyday folks. And, and I, I, it's, it's, you explain this so eloquently and obviously you're, you're an adjunct professor at UC Berkeley um, and I'm sure there's tons of research given its proximity to the Valley as well as just its incredible pull internationally um, in that space. So thank you for explaining that. I, I'm curious, you mentioned energy security earlier given the situation with Russia that, that the globe is facing as a result. Um, security overall has been a concern for a long time in everything that is tech, uh, how easily systems can become, you know, let's say hacked, how privacy can be uh, compromised. In the case of deep tech, there are obviously, I am sure, deep tech applications to combat this. But within deep tech itself, how are you as an investor looking at risk mitigation? Yeah, and one of the things about um, the complex systems that have been built in any industry is the vulnerabilities are not well understood. So whether it's at the code level, whether it's 
just being able to understand what are the different kind of parameters or entry points of a complex system, um, the integration points, the entry points. And so um, there are a lot of companies that are focused on building cyber defense systems for complex systems. And, um, and it's really hard um, in terms of how do you defend a complex system that has to run 24 seven. Some of some part of it is legacy, meaning old, some part is new. You have um, different employees that, or people who have different understanding of uh, cybersecurity. You know, how do you do all of that together to maintain uh, strong cyber defense? From an investor's perspective, I think cybersecurity is, um, because it's so relevant for, for every organization, for every individual, that cybersecurity is no longer considered technology that need years to evolve, to get into the hands of organizations and individuals. In fact, cybersecurity is I mean, it's just grown so fast because of cloud technology, because of data, because of just this overall increased awareness of the need that um, if you look at cybersecurity alone, uh, there, there are thousands of companies in space, there are investors who just dedicate all of their time focused on cybersecurity, whether it's protecting data, yeah. which continue to be a big question as you have new and newer applications, new use cases, the ability to defend, again, complex systems, some of which are online, offline, all over the place in distributed fashion um, and protecting um, cyber warfare, right? Which is also relevant that countries are using cyber attacks as a way of attacking other countries. And that's, I mean, that's, you know, beyond the discussion of this call, but it's, you know, it takes a lot of data, signals, people, systems, to really understand how to do that. Um, but and I think it's what's all risen quite quickly. I mean, I feel like exactly. it's, yeah. I mean, you know, we think about like the power that we carry in our little pockets these days, you know, is multifold bigger than the largest mainframe in the eighties even. I mean, yeah. this is unbelievable how quickly the access has happened and regulation right. isn't keeping up. Well, as an investor, I mean, you talk about people who just focus, for instance, on cybersecurity or on health tech or whatever it may be. Where are you focused and what are you most interested and excited yeah. about for the future? Yeah, I'm a, um, I would like to call myself a deep generalist. And so because of my background and the fact that I worked at IBM and Tom Schwartz and many other places where I'm able to apply, I think, as I shared, some of these fundamental concepts to different kinds of technology. So in my view, you're always gonna have the next new technology. You're always gonna have the next wave of advanced research into technology. But ultimately it's about understanding where these technologies sit and be able to think about useful applications. So for me, um, instead of thinking about technology as a starting point, I think about the problems mm -hmm. because that's where the value lies for all of us right? Absolutely. Technology is an enabler. And so what are the big problems faced by our world? You just mentioned one, cybersecurity. It's not about the technology itself. It's about how do we make sure that we protect everything that makes the world everything. work. Yeah. Exactly. The systems yeah. that make it work, people's wealth so that their bank accounts don't get hacked, 
as you have newer and newer types of application like metaverse and crypto, it, everything, there is potential of data leakage and how to make sure that engineers, data scientists and business are building responsibly so that, and they build secure applications. So that's one. So it's, it's protecting ourselves in kind of this digital age, which I think larger is about cybersecurity, many other things. The other is how do we ensure that we have secure supply chain uh, and responsible supply chain that the tier three suppliers, for example, are not taking advantage of people in emerging markets and some remote areas to produce all coffee. Right. Beans. Um, I think that's important. Um, another area- we just, is, we just talked about that last week. Yeah, exactly. Coffee. <laughs> yeah. And another area um, is energy. I think energy um, is, it, it's, it's not just about energy. It's what people talk climate tech, but I think there are really two areas to that. One is consumption. How do we help human beings change their behaviors, perhaps through technology, to reduce consumption of plastic packaging, of getting on plane when it's not necessary for business meeting, yep. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Driving differently to exactly. utilize gas. Um, exactly. So it's one is reducing consumption and the other is finding alternative, better ways of producing energy or redistribute energy to where it uh, really needs. And education, healthcare, I think those are the major areas. So for me, it's about tackling, understand these problems and then go find technology or invest in technology that can play a role in solving those problems. So we're, we're, we're just about at time, Joyce, and this is like obviously a very big conversation to try to squeeze into 20 minutes, um, even for the interviewer who doesn't know a lot about this. I'm curious, you know, things are changing so rapidly as we talk about, and the applications are needed today because the systems have already been built. These things that we're talking about already are in process, right? We need to, we need to make sure that we reduce carbon emissions. I mean, there are lots of things that are in progress. What is the timeline? As you're looking at investments and evaluating in this deep tech space, what is the timeline? I mean, is it, it, how are you accommodating the fact that it needs to happen yesterday? And yet, you know, these things take time as we started speaking about. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So I think generally speaking, venture capital has a timeline of 10 years. Um, investing in any particular company. And so I think that's a pretty good bench, benchmark to understand how company evolved to build something that can scale um, to achieve enough impact. So 10 years is kind of the traditional benchmark. However, if you look at different um, areas, investors tend to invest in things that are more, um, not more obvious, but um, things that can be part of a, a key element of that kind of fundamental shift. So a very quick example uh, here, just to give you a sense is, for example, everybody's talking about climate tech. Yep. So there's so many areas in climate tech, like hydrogen and hydrogen is going to take years, years yep. to, to really understand how this works, how to take it. Uh, to how market. to make it, how to make how energy to, efficient to exactly. actually, how to even transport power. it, how do you, you know, all, all kinds of things to actually build a market around it. Yeah. But one of the easier things to do is, well, there's already a lot of data about carbon footprint. 
do under do organizations understand their carbon footprint? If they don't understand it, they can't measure it. They can't take initial, minimal, and basic steps to address some of the obvious gaps. So investors are investing a lot in carbon accounting, which is another term to describe measuring carbon footprint. Yeah, and then so that organization and then again measure, analyze, build programs to make interim progress toward this bigger goal. Um, obviously it's not happening as fast as everybody wants in terms of climate, but um, it's, and I can't generalize for all investors. There are investors who are going the other way. You know, they, they have long-term patient capital, um, like the gates of the world. They are investing in a lot of these really deep tech, hard tech where you know, we're not going to see the fruit of labor for another 10, 20 years, but, but we need it, right? We need, we need yeah. investors to take that long-term view as well exactly. as like the, the gains in the short term. Yeah. Yeah. So you need both to be able to bring all sides of technology together to enhance understanding for everybody. And so that eventually um, in the near future, you are up-leveling the organizations and businesses that are driving a lot of these actions, educating the masses about why these topics are important, pulling more capital from both government and private sectors while investing in this much longer-term technology so that we're not just standing, you know, we're making progress toward a goal while these bigger problem, you know, harder questions get solved um, in the background. It's so interesting. Joyce, I could keep talking about this. I'm actually, I know. Um, I, I, I really actually, hopefully we can get you back on, maybe talk about uh, cybersecurity or one of these other topics as we go forward. But um, thank you for joining us on Future of XYZ today to talk about the future of deep tech, which is, is very big a future, it seems. Yeah. Thanks, Lisa, for having me. Um, and to our listeners and viewers, thank you for joining us today um, with Joyce Shen. Uh, principal investor at 104 Holdings. Um, we are available, as you know, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, you can also find us on any of your favorite streaming uh, podcast streaming platforms from Apple and Spotify uh, to Amazon and beyond. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Future of XYZ or visit future of.xyz to nominate a guest or learn more about LVG and Co. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Joyce, again, thank you and keep up the amazing work. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for listening to The Future of XYZ. If you like what you've been hearing, please follow Lisa Grelnick on LinkedIn. Visit future-of.xyz or subscribe to The Future of XYZ podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.